This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. I hate to say it because of moments like that, but D-Now 2024 is done, wrapped up. And it was an incredible weekend where we saw moments like that all over. I know last night I got to talk to two seventh and eighth grade boys who committed their lives to Jesus. Got to talk to two ninth grade girls last night who committed their lives to Jesus and that was just the mark of the entire weekend. I know these students, they had so much fun. I believe they've made memories that will last a lifetime. I know for me, I'm not gonna forget Disciple Now 2024. Um, I know I did something right by, uh, uh, because I got more sleep this year than I did last year <laughs> after this weekend. But uh, I wanna give you a picture of what Disciple Now was like. We have a short video of some things that happened last night. This is, this is also why I'm not gonna forget Disciple Now 2024. Yeah. Yeah, that's me and Blake. I love you, Blake, wherever you're at. Uh, And that's ravioli. And they just thought it would be a good idea to just put ravioli all over youth pastors. I don't even really know the point of the game and I left with a ukulele. So if you guys are confused, you're as confused as I am. But uh, before before we jump in, before we dive in into God's word, I I want to just ask if you would pray with me. Um, This student, this weekend was amazing. Um, and, our, and our leaders, we have our work cut out for us as we continue to follow up with students, um, as we help students take walks, uh, take next steps in their faith. So I'd ask that you would pray with me as our leaders and you would come alongside our leaders to provide wisdom and to help us as we move forward after DNOW 2024. Father in heaven, we love you. And moments like this, weekends like this, God, we're never gonna forget you're grace and your love and your mercy is just so evident to us in moments where we can get away from everything even though we're in the same city. God, I ask and I thank you for providing the leaders that were here this week that you knew were going to be here serving these students, leading these students in Bible study, God, and helping them take next steps in their faith. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom as they follow up with these students that are here in this room with the decisions that they've made, that we would be able to, as leaders, steward what you are already doing in these students' hearts, God, and that we would see, Father, just their faith just explode. Father, we would be able to see students saved, but we would see students baptized, students accept and start walking towards a call to ministry. God, whatever it may be, Lord, we don't want to miss out on this moment. And in what you're doing, so Father, I ask these things in your heavenly name, amen. We're gonna be jumping into the book of Romans this morning, Romans chapter one. So if you wanna go ahead and turn there, that would be great. Romans chapter one, verses 16 and 17. Romans chapter one, verses 16 and 17. To catch you up, Paul is uh, finishing his introduction uh, here in the letter to the Romans. 
and Paul, he's, he, he's really excited to join the Romans. He wants to, he's, he's heard of their great faith and how this faith has uh, been heard all around the world. And so he wants to go to this people. He wants to go to Rome in order to experience it, to be encouraged by it, but also to give encouragement to those that are in, in Rome, the believers that are in Rome. And because of this, he's eager to preach the gospel. He's eager to share this message with them so that he may also have a fruitful ministry with them. God has called Paul, the Apostle Paul, to preach and to preach the gospel. And here I, I see, uh, we, we will all see um, what I believe a, a major theme was for our weekend, invade the city, how we are not supposed to be ashamed of the gospel, of this truth. So let's look at what Paul says in Romans chapter one, verses 16 and 17, starting in 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So Paul here, he makes it very clear, he's not ashamed of this message. He's not ashamed of the truth found within this message. And that is why he is eager to preach it. That's why he's eager to go to Rome. And I think if we look at our culture today in 2024, our culture is very familiar with shame and rejection. I was reading an article this past week that a uh, online dating app called Hinge, the app's called Hinge, uh, did, they did a report on dating trends in 2024 amongst Gen Z. Now, if you don't know uh, the, the years that Gen Z spans, it's from 1997 to 2012. And so the oldest person in Generation Z is 26. This is the generation that I'm a part of. This dating app, it surveyed 15,000 users across the world that were in Generation Z. And out of those users, 90% wanted to find love. They wanted to find love that led to marriage. However, in their quest for love, there's a couple things of, that are standing in the way and two of them stuck out to me. The first one, they called this stat embracing cringe mode. Embracing cringe mode. And even when I say that, I kind of cringe a little bit. Like that just doesn't, yeah. It, but we're supposed to embrace it. Uh, over half of the people surveyed, 56%, it's over 7,500 people, said that they were afraid of being rejected and they stopped pursuing a potential relationship out of that fear. So something that the app does that, they, that Hinge encourages its users to do is they want you to embrace the awkwardness or the cringe by telling the other person in the relationships desires from the get-go. So whenever you match, you get to talking and you let them know exactly where you want the relationship to go almost immediately to embrace the cringe and hopefully avoid rejection. The second statistic that stood out to me is that Gen Z feels less inclined to define the relationship early and name their relationship status. 57%, again, over 7,500 people in this survey uh, said that they had held off on that conversation because they're worried about it being a turnoff or discouraging the other person to take things to the next level. And I thought this was really interesting because something that I would say is good and desirable, such as love, I mean, we all want it. We see it 
sprinkled, I mean, just saturated in all of our culture, in movies, in TVs, it changes the way we think. Uh, I uh, think this is incredibly good, love, because I just got done celebrating on February 4th, my one year wedding anniversary with my wife, Millie, who is now here. And I take full blame for her uh, tardiness because I did ask, is a caramel macchiato? I did want a caramel macchiato this morning after the weekend. Um, but we just celebrated that. We're going on a cruise on Tuesday that we're super excited for to celebrate. Got some wisdom from some people in my life that said, hey, don't do the cruise before. Do the cruise after D-Now so you can actually rest, right? So we're excited for that. But something such as love that is good, people are too scared to pursue it. They're too scared to continue pursuing this, a, a potential relationship out of fear of facing rejection, because they're all too familiar with this feeling, and I believe we're all too familiar with this feeling of shame. And shame in relationships, I believe it's common because we often view ourselves through the eyes of the other person. You, and, and what happens is, is we can begin to think about what we did or did not do that has made us unworthy of that connection, made us worthy of rejection that ultimately leads to shame. I don't think we have to think about it for long, but we can all identify something in ourselves that we wish that we were better at, or we wish that we weren't as self-conscious about. Um, I'll be honest with you guys, because one of our values here is keep it real, keep it Jesus. And I see that so, so well in our congregation. It's everywhere. I feel like I'll have a conversation with somebody and it's like, hey, how are you doing? And then I'll say something and they're like, but how, how are you doing? You guys really look after one another. And so to be honest with you, a goal of mine and something that I'm self-conscious about that, that does lead to shame is I'm not the best planner. I'm not the best organizer. And so in 2024, I'm committing to being a better planner and being better organized because with a weekend like D-Now that just happened, it's a full-scale operation. I mean, we had 100 students go on this retreat this weekend. That includes 20-plus leaders. Okay, that also includes uh, 10 host homes, and that's generous, right? We <laughs> probably could have used some more host homes. Um, we needed uh, two work sites, and, and all throughout this, you're transporting students to and, and from, and there's just so much coordination and so much planning. And, and I feel like if I, when I fall short in planning, um, you may have hear the, heard the quote, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I, I feel that weight. I feel that weight, I, I feel that shame a little bit because for many of you in this room, I've had dinner with you and your family. And I know that you are entrusting me to take care of something so precious to you. There's a, there's a good weight. And so I can't say with confidence right now that I'm the best planner and it, and it does bring me shame at time. However, I want us to make our way back to the scriptures. I wanna make our way back to Romans chapter one, verse 16 to look at what Paul can say with confidence that he has no shame in sharing, what he's not ashamed of. Paul, he says he's confident to share the gospel without shame. And you might be here asking, what is the gospel and why is this guy, Paul, not ashamed of it? Well, lean in, I'll share it with you. Gospel is translated from the Greek word, from the Greek language as the word euangelion, which means good news. And I believe this gospel is good news. It's the best news that you'll ever hear. The gospel, this gospel message of good news is powerful. And that's why Paul is saying with 100% confidence that he is not ashamed to preach its message. 
And so I'm gonna explain to you with a visual up on the screen that's gonna come down. We're gonna work through the gospel. What is it uh, through uh, uh, an acronym? Our students should be familiar with this in uh, in your DNOW books. You guys got a chance to look at that in session three. Um, But this guy, Greg Steer, he founded this method. It's called the Life in Six Words method of sharing the gospel. Um, because his goal as a ministry, a part of this Dare to Share ministry, is he wants youth leaders to empower students to reach the world, right? What Paul is seeking to do here in reaching the Romans. So starting with G, we're going to work all the way down through every single letter that's in the word gospel, and each letter is going to have a word attached to it. That's why it's called the life in six words. This is the gospel. Starting with G, God created us to be with him. In God's perfect design, God dwelt with man in the Garden of Eden where he gave him a helper, this woman, and and he gave him responsibility and dominion over God's creation. And this was very good in the sight of the Lord and how things are supposed to be. O, the O in gospel is our, our sins separate us from God. It's really easy to see in our world today that there is brokenness, there is hurt, there is pain, and we can often ask the question, where is God? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, man rebelled against God's command to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and this sin caused a divide that separates man from God, and this sin has spread. It's spread to everything, to everyone, and the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. If you continue reading in the book of Romans, you'll find that in chapter three. And I don't know why I thought about this this weekend. Maybe it's because I knew I was hanging out with teenagers all weekend, but uh, I grew up, and I'm unashamed to say this, I grew up loving the show Hannah Montana. It was incredible. 2006, it was the prime of Clay growing up. And Hannah Montana in her show sings a song, Nobody's Perfect, and her chorus, That's it. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect in this world. Our sin has separated us from a holy God and our rebellion, it comes with a price, a price that we cannot pay. It's death and God's judgment. The S in gospel is sins. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. The rest of the Old Testament, we see God's people disobey. We see they. We see them disobey God's commands. God then disciplines them because he loves them. They then turn away from their sin and back to God. And we see this rinse and and repeated all throughout the rest of the Old Testament from Genesis chapter four through. And it is because no one is capable of achieving God's standard. And what's that standard? The standard God calls us to is perfection, perfection. The law God has given us exposes our sin. We see this in the first five books of the Bible. We look at the 10 commandments and for many of us, you can say with confidence that I've done all 10 and more. And and we, as this exposes our sin and it identifies us as sinners removed and separated from God and there won't be any good deeds that we can do enough to satisfy such a holy God that calls us to the standard of perfection. And I know you might be thinking, we've made it through S in in the word gospel and we haven't really heard good news. 
I, I understand. <laughs> this is still good news, but in order to have good news, sometimes there needs to be bad news. And when the news is really bad, the good news is even sweeter. And so P, the word that goes with P is paying. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. You're not gonna be able to forget that, it rhymes. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. God loves his creation so much that he gave up something so precious to him in his son that he would dwell on this earth with man, that he would live a perfectly righteous life in which he brought 12 men along with him to help spread the news of God's kingdom. He lived a perfect life and took on the shame and humiliation of being placed on a cross for all to see. He was mocked and beaten in our place. He took our place because we could never reach God's standard. But Jesus, God in the flesh, fully man and fully God, he took our punishment for sin upon himself and paid our price for our sin. And he did that through his death. He did not stay dead, but showed his divinity and that he rose from the grave three days later. God's wrath was satisfied through his son. That's the good news. The price has been paid for sin. Let's continue on. E, E stands for everyone. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. God has victory over sin and death because his son Jesus is alive and is sitting at his right hand. God through his son has, has made for people to be brought back to him in a right relationship. So how can we be forgiven of our sin and achieve this standard of perfection? Well, if we look in verse 17, Romans chapter one, verse 17, Paul says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Jesus, he was perfectly righteous and through faith. Faith is belief, faith is trust, faith is having a confidence in the finished work on the cross. He credits, he adds his righteousness to our account, to our life. And this is the gift that we could not earn, nor do we deserve it. This is why the good news of the gospel is so sweet. God provides what we don't have in Jesus and only through faith in him will you meet God's standard and be saved. And this is the very power that Paul has experienced for himself and why he's not ashamed of, how, of what he talks about in verse 16. Jesus changed his life. Jesus changed Paul's life and from, he goes from someone that was persecuting God's people to writing most of the New Testament and planting many of the first churches. And so I wanna ask you today, as we're about to wrap up this gospel message, do you remember when God got a hold of your life? Do you remember that moment when you felt his love for the very first time? For many of you, you might have not experienced that yet. I would encourage you today is the day of salvation. I remember for me, it was like it was yesterday. And uh, if you want a more in detailed story, you can ask my wife, Millie. She uh, would love to tell you. I was a completely different person. And since then, I've never been the same. Uh, lastly, a part of this 
Everyone, this e- everyone has been affected by sin and this gift of the good news of the gospel is for everyone because everyone is in need of salvation. This gift, it does not exclude anyone except those who do not trust in Jesus. That's it. That's the, the requirement. Faith, trusting in Jesus as the Lord of your life. Lastly, L, you might be able to guess this. It's life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Eternal life starts now. You, you don't receive this gift later, but God gives you, he gives you the Holy Spirit that dwells in you in the moment you receive the gift of eternal life. It's the very presence of God living in you and there is nothing that you can do to separate yourself from God's love. You have been justified. And it's because his love is unconditional and he gives you a new identity as his child. And this never changes. And like I said, Hannah Montana for some reason was on my mind all week in the same song, in the same chorus. She sings, nobody's perfect. You live and you learn it. So we're not gonna be automatically perfect people when we trust in the finished work of Jesus. It's not gonna happen. We're still gonna make mistakes. We're still gonna have those days, but God is covered. He's forgiven all of our sin. And as we work with God's spirit to, to regard or to live in the new life we have been given, and then every day we throw off more of our old life that did not love God. This is what it means to live by faith, to live in the life, to live in the gift that God has given us. Like Paul says in verse 17, the righteous, the righteous shall live by faith. We live each day trusting in the promises of God more than ourselves or the wisdom of this world. Then we will begin to see how God originally designed it, designed his creation. We live with God each and every day in his abounding love, looking toward the day when we will be complete in salvation, when Jesus returns and makes all things new, where we will see every knee bowed and every tongue confessing that Jesus is Lord and where our only desire is to worship him. This is the gospel. This is the gospel in six words, lined up, G-O-S-P-E-L. It can be said shorter than this, and it can be said a lot longer than this, but this is it. And this is the message that Paul is not ashamed of. It is of God's unconditional love for his creation and his plan to redeem them from sin. And I think like Paul, we should not be ashamed of this message. Why? Because it is God's power. It is the very power of God that is on full display in salvation. This message changes and transforms lives, not because of the way we present it or the life we live because of it. It is because of God's love for each and every one of us that he made a way through the shedding of his son's blood so that anyone who places their faith in Jesus, that through faith they will be saved, they will not perish. It's by God's power and God's power alone that we are saved. And as God's people, we have to trust in his power. Salvation relies not on how hard we hold on to God, but how much 
he holds on to us. In other words, salvation relies not on our own power, but God's power. And for salvation, we have to trust in something greater than ourselves. Paul, he trusts that God has called him to preach this message of the good news of Jesus, of which there is no one or nothing greater than. So how, how can we trust in the power of God that leads to salvation? Well, for non-believers in this room, today might've been the very first day you've heard of God's love. You can turn away and confess your sin to him. You can place your faith in him today and he will forgive you of all of your sin and he will accredit his son's righteousness to your account and you will be saved. Today is the day of salvation. You can make that happen today and experience God's love for the very first time. And you'd share in Paul's testimony, you'd share in my testimony that you will live a life that does not look the same, that is forever changed and marked by God's love. Uh, For our believers that are are in the room, these two verses, if you continue reading throughout the rest of, of Romans, these two verses are the main idea behind the entire letter. They set the tone for the rest of the book. So for those in this room that have received the righteousness of God because, of, because you have placed your faith in God's son, to trust in God's power is to live by faith. To trust in God's power is to live by faith. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18 says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This message of the gospel, it doesn't make sense for those that are perishing. It doesn't. But those who have been transformed by God's love and have been justified are also now being saved by the Spirit in the work of sanctification. Looking each and every day more and more like Jesus, more holy, more Christ-like. God, he's, God, he's doing a work in you in which you are growing closer to him and farther away from sin every day. And when we live by faith, we trust in this power. We trust in this power over our own works so that we can guard ourselves from boasting because when we boast in our own works, we take away the glory that God deserves. We are not ashamed of the gospel as believers because it is the perfect power of God on full display in our life. It's not a work of our own. Living by faith in the power of God looks like trusting in Jesus for salvation because he loves you enough to bear our shame. Living by faith in the power of God looks like trusting that God is continuing the work that he has started in you because he is faithful to his word. It's trusting that what God says about you is all that matters because he has given you a new life. It's trusting that he has not forgotten you and he hears your cries because he looks after his children. It's trusting that he can hold your burdens because there is nothing greater than him. We trust in these things instead of ourselves because this is the power of God that changes lives. And we trust in him and his word that he will return. He will return in power and will bring our salvation to completion. That is our hope in Christ. He has made every believer righteous through faith and the power of God is evident in each and every one of us. 
There's nothing we have to be ashamed of because we trust in the power of God, the power of God that leads to salvation. Church, let's trust in his power as we seek each and every day to live by faith. If you would, please pray with me. Father, we love you. We're thankful for the gift of salvation today. We're thankful, we're thankful that your mercy is new every morning. God, we thank you for the work that you've done in our lives today. God, I pray for this church. I pray for this church and I ask that, Lord, you would continue the work of salvation in us, that each and every day, Lord, we'd be able to be able to disregard the old and to put on the new, Lord, because knowing you, Jesus, is better than life. Seeking after you is all the joy we need. It is eternal satisfaction. God, and I pray for any person in this room who's heard this message and wants to experience the love of God, Lord, that you would give them the boldness to say today, today that they would make that evident on a connect card or they would go find a staff member or part of our church or an elder, God, and that they would be able to talk to them about this news, this good news that they have they've just heard. Lord, you've done so many incredible things in this weekend. We pray that you continue them, Lord, and you would grow your church. Father, we love you and we pray all of this in your heavenly name, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.